Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war is out loud. I am your Monday host, Nurse April, and today I want to talk about a, a, a theory that I have, and it can be considered a conspiracy theory at this point because that's all it is. But I've been watching the news, as we all have, and have just been blown away, blown away by how much there has been an increase in crime, especially amongst the younger generation. And I have been racking my brain trying to figure out what is happening. Is there a, a possible explanation aside from the spiritual warfare that we know is happening? But is there a possible biological explanation to the behavior that we're seeing? Because if there is, then maybe there's a way that we can intervene. And so I'm going to propose to you my theory today. But let me just go through and um, do a little housekeeping. This is Nurses Out Loud. I am your host, like I said, on Mondays, and then you've got a different nurse host every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Our show airs 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then we have an encore at 11 p.m. Our shows go to a podcast a day or two after they air, and you can listen on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Now, I want to get into my theory, and I want to get your take on this. So if you guys do me a favor... And send me an email to Nurses Out Loud. If you go to the website, americaoutloud.com, you can pull down our show, Nurses Out Loud, and then you can go onto our page and then drop an email to me and let me know what your theories are. And let me know if you, if you have any research or any information that you can share that then I can share with the audience about this. But my conspiracy, air quotes here, my conspiracy theory has to do with chemtrails. So... I first learned about chemtrails a, a couple of years ago. And for those of you who aren't aware, which I'm sure there's not very many of you, but if you've never heard of them, these chemtrails are something that you've been seeing since you were a child. So I've been looking at this sky since I was a little girl. And I, as long as well as everyone else, I'm sure, has looked at the skies and seen the planes going across the sky. And you'll see these nice white gaseous clouds or what a gas that comes from the plane as it streaks across the sky. And you'll see these streaks going across the sky in different patterns. And it just seems to happen every few days, sometimes every few weeks. Um, you'll look up and you'll see these, these streaks. It's pretty regular. Uh, when I was a child, I think that it was maybe a little less frequent than it is now, but I, I don't know. I could be wrong. But I just assumed that it was from condensation or maybe just the, the gas or some, I don't know, something coming from the plane, from the fuel. And I first came across this conspiracy theory about chemtrails um, when I was doing my research and, and being red-pilled. 
And when I did look it up online, that's exactly what they told me. It was just a conspiracy and that the trails that we were seeing from these jets were actually contrails. They called them contrails, which was condensation. And they had this whole scientific explanation behind it. But it didn't sit well with me because I'm like, that doesn't explain why some planes leave these streaks and others don't. If they're the same planes, they should be leaving the same trails, correct? But they weren't. And what I also noticed from examining these trails was that they would stay for a long time and they would just continue to expand. So at first it would be a, a, a sharp, well-defined line. But then if you, and not only that, it would be a line with intermittent gaps as if they were turning on and off the system that was releasing these chemicals. And what you'll notice if you stare at the sky over the day and then over the next few days is that those lines start to disperse and get wider and wider until they cover the sky. And I noticed last, no, I think it was in 2020 is when I first really paid attention to them from like a, I don't know, my own personal like research and trying to understand how they work. And what I noticed with this correlation was that whenever I saw these trails or these jets going back and forth, I noticed symptoms within myself, but I also noticed that it would rain. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder if they're doing this to cause rain. And of course, researching it a few years ago, you were not going to find your answer. Not easily, at least. And unless you knew the back channels and back ways of finding out what they don't want us to know. And so I had a discussion once with my son, my, my youngest son, who is a teenager. And if any one of you have children, you know how teenagers can be very um, um, argumentative. Of course, they're smarter than we are. And, and it, it just so happens that my, my son actually probably is smarter than I am. When it comes to a lot of, of science and things like that, he just has this amazing memory and he loves to watch science videos. He spends a lot of time just researching. I don't know. That's just his thing. Not just science. He's into, you know, geography, he's into math, things like that. So, and he has a great memory. So of course he doesn't listen to the things I say because I don't have a great memory and I'm older. I'm not cool. I'm not his teacher, all of the things. So we were having a discussion about chemtrails when I was going for these walks around the neighborhood every day. And I would notice that when I started noticing the pattern, I brought it up to my husband and my son, and he was just, he just thought I was being crazy. And he immediately wanted to correct me and say, they're not chemtrails, they're contrails, condensation. It's just from condensation. So I was trying to explain to him why that's not the case. And I wanted to go online. I went to, I went online to do a search, but if you go to Wikipedia or if you went to any different um, search engines, it basically said that they were just condensation trails and, and there was nothing about, you know, chemicals being sprayed in the air. Okay. This was just maybe two years ago, max, but I'd say it was more like a year and a half ago that I did this search just the other day. I went ahead and did the search again. And lo and behold, there were thousands of references to chemtrails. All of a sudden, the internet unlocked the door and allowed us to see 
what has been hiding from us all this time, what they were hiding from us, which I found to be fascinating. Like what changed all of a sudden that they finally opened up that section of the library and allowed us to start reading and learning more. And what I noticed was the spin that they put on it. They were spinning it to be a great thing. And this, 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 what they call geoengineering, which was going to save us from climate change. And they were so proud. And they were talking about all of the research that's been going on for decades and how they've been seeding the skies with different um, chemicals and metals to enhance uh, the cloud production and to manipulate the weather conditions. So now it's out in the open. I guess enough people were aware of what was happening or enough whistleblowers came out and then the, the evidence, and I don't know if, if you've ever seen it, but there was a video actually showing some pilots who were videotaping um, up in the sky, they were flying and they had recorded another jet that was actually releasing the, the, the chemicals and you could actually see it turning on and off. And so I guess when you start to have things like that come out and it becomes common knowledge amongst most people, not most people, but a lot of people, enough people, then they decide, okay, we can't hide it anymore. So let's go ahead and throw our propaganda spin on it. And that's what they've done. So they've come out now and you can look it up, either look up cloud seeding or chemtrails, or you can look up geoengineering and you'll find that this has been a global um, effort to figure out how to increase rain, how to decrease the temperature of the um, climate or of the, the temperature across the globe, how to deflect the sun's rays. And all of these things are being done without our permission and without our knowledge. So literally for decades, they've been doing this. They've been spraying the skies all over the world and did not tell us that they were doing that. Now, you all, like myself, probably feel like, or at least this question has come to mind. How is that affecting me? What chemicals are they using? And is it safe for us to, to number one, breathe, to ingest? Is it having implications on our, our long-term health and well-being? How do they know these things? How did they know these things were safe before they did it? There was no informed consent. And so when you start digging in to figure out, okay, what exactly are they doing? What are they spraying in the skies? You find a, a variety of different chemicals. Silver is one of them. Um, and the, but the one thing that I was really interested in was whether or not they were using lead. Now, let's back up a few decades. When I first got married and started having children back in the 90s, I remember there being a lot of public service announcements about lead and lead poisoning. And they had tests that you could buy from the store so that you could test your windowsills and things like that to see if there was lead. And you would just take this little test, you would crack it and you would rub it on the surface of your windowsill. And if it turned pink, then you knew that there was uh, lead in the paint. And you wanted to be careful because the children, when they're, when they're toddlers, you know, they're crawling around all over the place. And if there is um, paint that's getting on the floor or that's getting 
on the windowsills where they're learning how to walk, you know, and they're pulling up on things that they, they can reach and they're touching things. If they're getting exposed to these particles of paint that had lead in them, and then of course, what do kids do? They put everything in their mouth. And so if you were to see certain side effects um, or certain um, symptoms in your kids, you'd be concerned that maybe there was a potential that they had lead poisoning. And the pediatricians even used to check for um, their blood lead levels uh, a couple times during childhood, early childhood. Now, and um, my first house that I got was in Detroit and it was an older house. So of course, even to pass inspections and all the things when you're trying to get your mortgage and all that, they, they do check for lead. And I remember thinking, you know, and being concerned about the lead because I was getting into this older house, even though it had been, it looked kind of newer, like they had remodeled, which they had, they had remodeled it, but I wasn't sure how they, you know, really like remediated it to make sure that there was no exposed lead. And to be honest, we were poor. We, we were getting our first house, very, very young couple, and we got what we could afford. And so, you know, I painted the house a lot. So there was lots of coats of paint on top of paint on top of paint. Hopefully that sealed in any potential lead that could have been chipping off the walls, but the, the sills, like the window sills and, and the baseboards, all of that could have been lead. It could have been in the floors. It could have been in the carpet. It could have been, you know, in the water from the pipes, because we also had issues with pipes. I'm sure people have heard about the Flint um, problem with their water being contaminated because of the type of pipes they used. And this is, this isn't a lot of older cities, especially in the Northeast. And then in the North, they used pipes that had lead and those eventually started eroding and then led to the lead being in the water supply and in the soil. And one thing that I've noticed recently are these news stories coming out about how they're finding lead in baby food. They're finding lead in cereals. They're finding lead in um, a lot of foods that we eat. They're finding lead in chocolate. I've talked to you guys about that in the past, how there's a lawsuit in New York because of <clears throat> some of these dark chocolates that uh, was found that they had lead and cadmium in the chocolate. And so, you know, you think about all of these heavy metals and how they're, how they're affecting us physically. And I don't know what I, oh, I came across this really interesting YouTube video and it was something that kept coming up in my feed over and over and over. And I ignored it for a while. I finally watched it. And this was several months ago that I watched it. And the title of it is, uh, what was it? It was, um, the man who accidentally killed the most people in history. Very, very catchy title, right? And this particular video has like, I don't know, 25 million views. So if you've seen it before, which you very well may have, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's an excellent documentary. It's, um, if you look up Veritasium, they're the ones who produced it. And let's see, so far, yeah, 25 million views and it was posted a year ago. And so this documentary I had seen a while ago, and then it popped in my head again recently when I started hearing about what was happening in Chicago. 
all these teenagers are taking over the streets of Chicago and, and rioting. And you see all of these videos of young people who are just looting and stealing from these stores and fighting in these stores. And, you know, they're, they're riding in the streets. They were a big part of these movements, the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, you see a lot of these young people and Tifa are usually full of young people. And you just see this aggression in the youth that I haven't seen before. Yeah, kids, teenagers, young adults are typically the ones who seem to be, you know, cr doing the crimes in society, but not to the degree that we're seeing now. So part of me was thinking, well, maybe it's just that, you know, this is a part of their agenda. They want us to see it because they want us to be angry and they want us to start this civil war. Um, so maybe that's why they're pushing this message over and over. And they're, you know, through the use of social media, uh, they can encourage certain types of behavior by you know, suggesting certain type of material that people ingest. And if they know that there's someone with a propensity toward violence, they can really feed and foster that through their suggestions. And then next thing you know, you've got these, you know, these people who are shooting up, doing mass shootings. So we had the recent shooting um, at the Christian school, killing three children, three adults. We have the shooting at the bank, right? We had, I was at church today and we were, and um, our pastor had mentioned that there was a shooting just recently in, where was it? I think it was in either Austin. I think it was Austin where there were some cheerleaders who had just been leaving the store. And one of the cheerleaders went to the wrong car. She thought it was her car. She went to open, you know, go in there and she realized it was the wrong car. So then they, you know, obviously went to a, go to their car and on their way going to their car, the person in that car that she actually thought was hers started shooting at them. I mean, for little things, things that are so minor, people are, res are, are going and using lethal force people who are aggressive drivers, if they feel like they've been wronged on the road, they, they want to get out and they want to start shooting people. Road rage is major right now. You've got people who are just angry and they're killing people and life has no value. Life is cheap right now. And I'm like, there's, there's gotta be a reason for this. There's gotta be an explanation for this. And, um, then, th and then I was reminded about this video because one of the things that was very interesting about this documentary was the effects of lead on people. And I want to read to you a little bit about what they said. And I encourage you, of course, it'll be in the show notes, a link to it. So you can watch it for yourself. It is maybe, oh, it's like a 25 minute video but it's, it's fascinating. So just watch it for yourself. But in there, it said, according to a study published in 2022, more than half of the current U S population, that's 170 million people were exposed to high levels of lead in early childhood. Those born between 1951 and 1980 are disproportionately affected. The authors estimate that an aggregate lead caused a loss of more than 800 million IQ points. 
the world is less intelligent today because of leaded gasoline, which is, let me just interject. When you start to watch this, what you realize is that the invention of leaded gasoline is what led to the increase in lead contamination because the cars were using this fuel with lead in it. And the only reason that the scientists put the lead in the fuel was to to diminish the knocking sound of the engine, okay? Because it was obnoxious. When they used to, they went from hand crank engines to um, using gasoline in order to fuel the engine. And so in order to keep it from knocking from the explosions that were happening in the engine, he found a way by adding lead to diminish that sound. Now they were warned prior to administering this in their, in their gasoline, part of putting it in their gasoline, they were warned by scientists all over the world not to do it and that it was very dangerous. Sounds familiar, right? They did it anyway. And so now you have this contamination of lead globally. Okay. People are being exposed to the fumes. And so what they were finding was that there was this increase in, um, neurological deficits and all these other behaviors. And I'll, I'll go over the list so that you can understand why I made this correlation and this connection. But let me finish reading what this, what, what I learned in this video. So the world is less intelligent today because of leaded gasoline, but there are even more troubling correlations. The U S saw a steady rise in crime from the 1970s to the 1990s. Then it abruptly declined. This graph looks eerily similar to a plot of preschool blood lead levels just offset by 20 years. And when you watch the video, you'll actually see the graph because they show the, the increase in blood lead levels and then they um, overlap it 20 years later and you see this increase in crime. The obvious question is, did kids who were exposed to higher levels of lead grow up to commit more crimes than they otherwise would have. You might think this is just a spurious correlation, but the same pattern appears in many countries, including Britain, Canada, and Australia. And we know there's a causal connection between lead exposure and antisocial or violent behavior. A study of 340 teenagers found that those who were arrested were four times as likely to have elevated lead in their bones than similar demographic controls who didn't have run-ins with the law. Now, this doesn't mean that lead is responsible for all the increase in crime, but it's very likely responsible for some of it. So when I'm watching the news and I'm seeing all these kids in Chicago who are just acting crazy, and I'm seeing all these videos that people are sending me, these shorts and TikTok videos of people who are just acting insane at Walmarts and, and CVS and all these different stores, and they're going to these high-end retailers and robbing them, and they're doing crazy things in the streets to people. Like I'm thinking, okay, what is happening? And then that whole correlation between the lead popped in my head. Could it be that the lead that we're being exposed to through cloud seeding, through these experiments on geoengineering, 
chemtrails, could they be spraying lead in, in the clouds, which is leading to an increased level of aggression, antisocial, and violent behavior? Because we don't know what they're spraying. We don't know exactly what the contents are. And, and remember, whatever they're spraying in the sky will eventually settle back down on the earth. What they're doing is they're seeding the clouds. Okay, so the way this works is you have water from the oceans and the sea and the lakes, right? And then as the temperatures heat up, it evaporates. So the water turns into gas and it's lighter than the actual weight of air. So it floats and floats and floats until it reaches a point in the atmosphere where it's so high and it gets colder as you get higher in the sky, right? Well, as water cools down, that gaseous, you know, evaporated water con condensates, it turns into condensation. But in order for that to happen, it has to go onto a surface of something. It has to touch the surface of something. And in the sky, the surface happens to be dust. So when it contacts the dust, it turns into condensation and then it forms these clouds. So the scientists are putting dust particles of different chemicals in the air so that the, the water will then condensate. And when it accumulates enough, it will release and it gets heavy enough. And then it drops back down in the form of rain onto the earth. And so there was studies that they did back in the 1940s. And they found that by using lead, they were able to, um, here, I went to an article from silent science daily. And it says, Researchers have shown, this is the summary, researchers have shown for the first time a direct relation between lead in the sky and the formation of ice crystals that foster clouds. The results suggest that lead generated by human activities causes clouds to form at warmer temperatures and with less water. Not only could this alter precipitation, but under some conditions, these clouds let more of the Earth's heat waft back into space, cooling the world slightly. Scientists first attempted to goad rain from the sky with silver and lead iodide in the 1940s. Since then, research have known that lead can pump up the ice crystals and clouds. But daily human activities also add lead to the atmosphere. The top sources include coal burning, small airplanes flying at the altitude where clouds form, and construction or wind freeing lead from the ground. So think about this, when they finally banned the use of leaded gasoline, they did not ban it across all industries. So they are still using leaded gasoline in certain planes. And there, there has been a correlation between those who live near airports, which I happen to live like a couple blocks away from a small airport, and, and the increase in blood lead levels. I promise you, I'm telling you, I, I and I think I'm, I, cause I'm, I'm constantly trying to figure out what is leading to me having this brain fog. I didn't always have it. I know I'm getting older, but it doesn't explain why some people who are very, who are old, very, very old and are still very sharp and quick thinking don't have as much trouble as I do finding my words and finding like finding my memories. Like I really have a, tr I have trouble with that. So I'm constantly looking for an answer or a solution and just realizing that these airplanes are still using 
leaded gasoline, which is going into the air. And one of the other things that's um, dangerous about this type of lead, at least in one of the articles that I read, is that it the type of lead being emitted from these planes is in a small enough particle that it passes the our body's natural defenses in the lungs. So the mucosal membranes, it just gets readily absorbed. And what, what one of the interesting things about lead is that you have the most um, effect neurologically. So I'm going to go to break. And then on the other side of the break, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching about how lead affects the body and what are the possible health effects and there's going to be a link in the show notes. So for anybody who wants to get a few uh, continuing medical education credits, you can actually do this with this article that I got directly from the CDC. So um, stay with us. And then on the other side of this break, we will learn more about the effects of lead and why I think it's causing our society's downfall. It's time and this is world. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Well, the OUTLOUD truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. 
These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. back. So before the break, we were talking about the effects of lead and the exposure in our environment and, uh, and how I believe this lead is leading to the aggression that we're seeing and the increase in criminal activity. And I wanted to go back a little bit and read to you another quote from that video that I was telling you about from, um, YouTube, you can go on there and it's, it's titled the man who accidentally killed the most people in history. Fascinating. But in that video, here's a, another quote lead in the environment. And so they go on by saying he began by measuring lead in the oceans because he was trying to figure out, no, this is not his quote. This is me. I'm just going to give you a little um, background. The scientist was trying to figure out if there was a, a correlation between the lead that he was finding in samples from rocks that he was trying to study that shouldn't have had the amount of lead. He was trying to um, date the earth to see how old it was. And he was doing studies of looking at certain rocks, certain fossils, and the dating wasn't coming out accurately. And he was trying to figure out why that was. And so he wanted to understand if there was a possibility that there was an added number, an added amount of lead from the environment that was contaminating these rocks. So now that's a little background. Here we go. He began by measuring lead in the oceans. If it were natural, he expected the concentration of lead to be the same regardless of depth. But if lead pollution had increased recently, it would be more concentrated near the surface. He took samples in the Pacific and Atlantic oceans down to a depth of four kilometers. And sure enough, lead concentrations were nearly 10 times higher near the surface. Lead pollution was clearly recent, but when exactly had it occurred? To find out, Patterson had to go to Greenland and Antarctica. Antarctica. Ice cores record the level of lead in the air going back thousands of years. The levels of lead in the atmosphere have been elevated for the past 4,500 years. All of it is due to human activity mainly smelting ores to make metal. You can see the rise and fall of the Greek and Roman empires. And he shows this really cool graph where you actually see these, um, you know, the, the rise and the fall of the Greek and Roman empires, the dip caused by the black death in the 1300s. And of course the spike in the 20th century due to industrialization and tetraethyl lead, which is the lead that was in the gasoline. So what did this do to people? Well, Patterson looked at the lead levels and the teeth and bones of recently deceased Americans. And for comparison, he measured the lead in bones and teeth of Peruvian and Egyptian mummies. Since they lived over 1600 years ago, they would have been exposed to much less lead in their lifetimes. He expected to find modern Americans had about a hundred times as much lead in their bones, but results showed it was closer to a factor of one 20th century Americans had 1,000 times more lead in their bones than their ancestors. 
Studies of baby teeth revealed that even lead exposure well below the level considered safe resulted in delayed learning, decreased IQ, and increased behavioral problems. And there's a broad consensus on the part of everybody except the lead industry and its spokesmen that lead is extremely toxic at extremely low levels. A follow-up study showed that those with higher levels of lead in their baby teeth were many times more likely to fail out of high school. As a result of studies like these, the CDC's guidelines for the acceptable level of lead in children's blood dropped from 60 micrograms per deciliter down to 3.5. And as far as we know today, there is no safe level of lead. Globally, lead is believed to be responsible for nearly two-thirds of all unexplained intellectual disabilities. Now, I'm not going to steal all of this, this, this information because it's, I don't really want you to watch this video. But one of the things that I want to point out is that what happens is when you're exposed to lead, it actually absorbs into your bones. And it can then stay in your bones for 20 to 30 years. So your exposure as a child will have long lasting effects throughout your life as it's slowly leached out into your system. So what we're seeing, and that's why earlier when we were talking, when I was telling you about how they, they were studying the children who were exposed to lead and they noticed that 20 years later, that's when they saw this increase in crime. With this, um, this study, this where you can get your uh, CMEs about lead toxicity, it talks about the exposure of, of lead and how it affects the body. Now, let me go over a little bit with you. So it talks about the exposure pathway and they say it has five parts, a source of contamination, such as an abandoned mind or industrial emissions or cloud seeding or chemtrails. That's, that was my, I, I added that in case you didn't know, um, an environmental medium and transport mechanism, such as water or movement through a groundwater aquifer, a point of exposure, such as a private well, a route of exposure, such as eating, drinking, breathing, touching, transplacental exposure, which means that it's crossing the placenta and going to the baby, which happens as well, an intravenous exposure, and then finally, a receptor population, such as people, potentially or actually exposed. When all five parts are present, the exposure pathway is termed a completed exposure pathway. Lead serves no useful purpose in the human body. Its presence in the body can lead to toxic effects regardless of age, gender, or exposure pathway. The nervous system is the most sensitive organ system for lead exposure in children. Lead toxicity can affect every organ system. And, and I'll just briefly go over all of the organ systems before I finish this talk, but it does affect every part of our body because lead's ability, I mean, lead inhibits or mimics the actions of calcium. So any processes that are calcium dependent, it, it basically, it's kind of like, if you think about carbon monoxide and the reason why we have carbon monoxide poisoning and people end up dying is because the carbon monoxide binds more readily than the oxygen molecules. And so then our body basically gets starved of oxygen. Well, lead is inhibiting calcium. It's binding stronger than the calcium. 
Lead's high affinity for sulfa hydro groups makes it particularly toxic to multiple enzyme enzyme systems, including heme biosynthesis. Heme is a part of hemoglobin. It's a part of our oxygen transport system. It's a part of what will lead to anemia, right? We need oxygen. Remember that our brain needs oxygen. Our body needs oxygen. And the lead is inhibiting our body's ability to produce heme. Um, the adverse health effects in children and adults at blood levels, less than five micrograms per deciliter. There is no identified threshold of safe level of lead in the blood. No, none. This is according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, no safe level of lead in the blood. So it's important to control or eliminate all sources of lead in children's environments to prevent exposure. Now, there is data from um, some research show that the effect of concurrent blood lead levels on IQ may be greater than currently believed. Lead inhibits the bodies of growing children from absorbing iron, zinc, and calcium, minerals essential to proper brain and nerve development. Now, medical research has established a connection between early childhood lead exposure and future criminal activity, especially of a violent nature. Numerous studies linked elevated bone or blood level levels with aggression, destructive and delinquent behavior, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and criminal behavior. Hence why when I was seeing all of these crazy things happening all over our country, I'm thinking, could this be because of lead? If, if what they're doing is they're finding lead in the baby food. Do you guys hear me? Like our children have been eating this since they were babies. They're finding, they, they found that the lead crosses the placental barrier and goes into the fetus. So moms who were exposed to lead during their pregnancies through our food and environment, through our water, air, soil, everywhere, right? When we were pregnant, this passed on to our babies during their development. And so I think globally, this is a major concern. And I, I don't even know if there's anything we can really do about it at this point for our generation and, and a couple generations after that. I hope there is, I pray that there is, but it seems like this is one of those things that if once it gets into your bones and it stays there for 20 or 30 years, I don't know. We're going to have to do some more research. Obviously I'm going to have to do some more research to figure out what are some things that we can do in the case of lead exposure, but, um, lead poisoning can lead to health effects later in life, including ADHD, delayed learning and lower IQ, which will impact school performance. And just today we were in a class in Sunday school and we had a very interesting, um, teacher. And she was talking about how the, in America, we have had such a drastic increase in the number of children who've been dropping out of school. So in this study, and if you go ahead and click on the link and do this, um, get some credits or just because you want to do your own research, you're going to find that what they found is increased lead in blood lead levels did lead to more dropouts, developmental problems with their offspring, hypertension, renal effects and reproductive problems. It's decreasing men's sperm counts. 
So attention deficit, cognitive performance is decreased. And then there's a greater incidence of, um, of problem behaviors. Well, one of the things with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or attention ADD, I did a lot of research on this because I have a couple of children who were diagnosed with ADD and they say it's genetic. It quite possibly is because I believe my brother had it. I have it. I think my dad, just me, my, I'm diagnosing people now, but he, he wasn't actually diagnosed with it, but based on the symptoms, you know, I think my dad had it. Um, but one of the things that's fascinating with ADHD, it, there's a particular researcher that I did um, follow a lot and, and got his books, but he talked about how it's really a really bad name. ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, attention deficit disorder is a terrible name to describe the actual uh, effects that this neurologic disorder has, because it's not an attention disorder. It's an executive functioning disorder in the brain. And the, the portion of the brain that controls executive functioning, decision-making, impulsive behaviors, things like that is the frontal lobe and lead exposure, increased blood lead levels actually um, impacts that frontal lobe of the brain. You actually will have a decreased in brain, um, brain size, brain mass for those who are exposed to lead. So it actually shrinks the brain. So this is a, a great explanation as to why you would see uh, this increase in aggression because those with certain types of cognitive disorders that affect the frontal lobe have executive functioning disorders where they are just, they, they, you know, I'll say this to, you know, kids and other people, I would say, did you think about that before you did it? Did you think that through before you did it? And the answer usually is no, you honestly don't think about the, the implications your actions are going to have. You're just very impulsive and you just do. For instance, the person who shot those cheerleaders in Austin, that person couldn't have thought through their actions to think that that momentary um, feeling of anger or fear, maybe it was that they were afraid at that moment when somebody tried to get into their car and realized, oh, sorry, wrong car. Maybe that feeling of fear and terror overtook their mental capacity and they were so angry that they decided to take that anger out on these girls. Either way, Obviously, there was an executive functioning disorder. There was something within their brain that did not allow them to play that scenario all the way out because now that person is going to spend a long time in jail over something so stupid. So obviously, there's some, some actual biological implications to what's going on in our country right now. And maybe if we address those biological implications, for instance, the implications of um, this whole transgender movement, is there something going on biologically within the brain that is causing this malfunction to have people thinking? And now we know it's a social contagion, but on top of that, what is leading certain people? And they say that there's an elevated number of transgenders who are autistic. And that was another finding that a lead exposure led to autism, increases in autism. So in pregnant women, I'll go back to the study, it says there's sufficient evidence that maternal blood lead levels less than five uh, micrograms per deciliter are associated with re reduced fetal growth, lower birth weight, decreased postnatal gr growth, and concurrent blood 
lead levels less than 10 milligrams micrograms per deciliter in children, which is associated with reduced head circum- circumference, height, and other indic- indicators of growth and delayed puberty. So in adults, the neurological effect in adults exposed to lead can be neuropathy and maybe different from those of an adult exposed to lead as a child when the brain was, was developing. So childhood neurological effects include attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, and they may persist into adulthood, but lead exposed adults may also experience many of the neurological symptoms experienced by children, but shown at higher blood levels. So it takes less exposure as a child and more exposure as adult to come up with the same symptoms. Um, But we see other effects such as reduced sperm count, hypertension, decreased renal function, and increased blood pressure and hypertension. So the neurological effects, oh no, let me, let me not overlook this. Pregnant women who were lead exposed as adults may also experience many of the neurological symptoms experienced by children, although at higher blood lead levels. Some women may develop eclampsia and preeclampsia with pregnancy. There's sufficient evidence showing that blood lead levels less than five are associated with decreased renal function. Again, we've we've heard about that and increased blood pressure and hypertension. So there's another interesting avenue that we could go down because we know, for instance, that in the United States, we have a maternal death rate higher than that of third world countries. We've talked about this for years. No one's actually doing anything about it. Our government claims that they want to change this, but they're not actively working to change it. Not in my opinion. And again, I was a labor and delivery nurse. Patients who had preeclampsia and eclampsia, these are, these are very, very dangerous conditions where a pregnant woman comes in with elevated blood pressures that can lead to neurological damage and death. Not only death of the baby, but death of the mother. So when a mom goes into eclampsia, when the blood pressures cannot be controlled, she can die from that. And it is not uncommon. It is very, it is a very common condition. Who knew, I didn't know this, that lead could lead to this, but it makes sense because again, your kidneys decreased renal function that's what regulates blood pressure. Your kidneys is also what is filtering out toxins from your body. And another very, very interesting thing that I learned is that the vitamin D, which has to convert in order to become a hormone in our body is prevented from converting into the active hormone in the kidneys. This happens in the kidneys. Lead prevents vitamin D from converting. Now think about COVID. Think about the effects of decreased vitamin D levels. Think about how many people would have been saved had they had adequate vitamin D levels. But even if you were taking vitamin D, if your body wasn't able to convert the vitamin D into its active form, into a hormone, it wasn't going to be protective. And one of the things that I learned during COVID was there are things that will inhibit that active um, conversion And one of those things is high fructose corn syrup. Did you hear that? 
You can be outside getting as much sunlight as you want. You can be taking your vitamin D supplements. But if you go to Starbucks and get one of those wonderful sweet drinks or anywhere else that has has high fructose corn syrup in it, it's not going to matter because it turns off the body's ability to allow the vitamin D to work, the hormone to be converted to the hormone. Isn't that amazing? Had no idea. So when you look at the effect that this is having, is it possible that the lead is one of the reasons why we're seeing this increased maternal morbidity? Just a thought. And apparently, cause I went to a, um, a gala on Friday and it was, it was, um, talking about how Texas happens to have one of the top, like, I guess in the top, if they were to rate all of the areas in this country with high maternal morbidity rates, Texas is always in the top five. And you think about how much, um, exposure we have to manufacturing, to oil, to different things that are happening. I, you know, God, I wonder, is there contamination in our soil and in our air? I'm constantly seeing those planes flying overhead. So there you go. Are we a testing ground? Are they using us as test dummies? Cause it sure does seem like it. I'm going to go through and just list some of the, um, the side effects. So the children suffer neurological effects from lead at much lower blood levels than adults. And that was, that's going to be constantly repeated in this article because they want you to know there is no safe level of exposure. And if there is no safe level of exposure, then why is our government allowing these companies to continue to expose us to lead? Our government, this came from the CDC, this article that I'm reading you. So if they're fully aware of that, they're the ones that's teaching this, then why are they allowing the Food and Drug Administration to overlook these companies who are um, putting food on the shelves for us to eat and ingest that has lead in it. So it says children often show no signs of lead toxicity until they're in school, even as late as middle school, when expectations for academic achievement increase. Some studies have found, for example, that for every 10 micrograms per deciliter increase in blood lead levels, children's IQ was found to be lowered by four to seven points. Evidence shows that ADHD and hearing impairment in children increase with increasing blood lead levels and that lead exposure may disrupt balance and impair peripheral nerve function. And interestingly, one of the ways that they test for ADHD is that they have a child stand there on one foot. And I didn't understand what they were doing, why the doctor had my son do that, but he was checking his balance. Isn't that fascinating? I don't know. I'm going to have to do some more research about that. But anyway, so um, in children, acute exposures leading to very high blood lead levels, which was less than 70 micrograms per deciliter, may produce encephalopathy and other accompanying signs of ataxia, coma, convulsions, death, hyper irritability, and stupor. So I'm going to go over a list of documented lead exposed workers with ranges from 40 to 120. These infects, 
And the, and, and just, I want you to just think of all the people, you know, and it could be you who have had any of these symptoms, decreased libido, depression slash mood changes, diminished cognitive performance, diminished hand dexterity, diminished reaction time, diminished visual motor performance, dizziness, fatigue, forgetfulness, headache, impaired concentration, impotence, increased nervousness, irritability, lethargy, malaise, paresthesia, reduced IQ scores, and weakness. Late signs of lead intoxication, such as slowed nerve conduction and forearm extensor weakness, which is wrist drop, are more typical signs in workers chronically exposed to high lead levels. Childhood lead exposure is associated with region-specific reductions in adult gray matter volume. Affected regions include the portions of the prefrontal cortex and anterior cingulate cortex responsible for executive functions, mood regulation, and decision-making. These neuroanatomical findings were more pronounced for males, suggesting that lead-related atrophic changes have a disparate impact across sexes. Can you believe that? So I am going to leave all of the links to this information because there's lots more for you to study. I could not get through it all in this show, but I want you to go down this, this path with me. Any of you who are interested in finding out more so that maybe to, together combined, we can discover, is this intentional? Is this by accident because of just environmental um, exposures? Is there anything that we can do about it? My goal here is to shine a light in the darkness. It's time and